Friends, I am really excited for you to hear all of the stories from the Break with a Purpose team today. And before they get started, I just want to say a couple things about the trip. First of all, uh, the stories that you hear today will by no means uh, capture the full picture of the, of the trip. In fact, I have a running document on my phone called The Real Script of Puerto Rico, which contains what actually happened, and it's a lot more chaotic than you, what you'll probably hear today. Um, but I, what I would encourage you to do is just tonight at dinner or throughout the week in the coming days, weeks, and months, just ask the people who you hear speak today about their experience. Because like I said, I promise you what they share today will not be the fullness of what we experienced and saw together. Uh, the other thing that I would say is this trip was really transformative for me personally. Uh, Break with a Purpose is sort of my bucket now. I'll be leading all our Break with a Purpose trips going forward. And I've had a lot of ideas for what we would do for Break with a Purpose. Uh, and we got to Puerto Rico and I was like, I think we could just come here every year. Uh, it is that incredible, that transformative. And so if you hear the stories today and you're like, wow, I really want to go to Puerto Rico, stay tuned because we'll probably be going back. Uh, and the last thing that I would want to say is that every trip and every group, as you probably know, forms its own lingo, uh, inside jokes and words that groups use um, kind of pop up as you spend a lot of time together. One of those sort of inside jokes was the two plus question, what is the largest animal you think you could defeat in hand-to-hand -hand combat? Um, you might not be surprised based on the answer that she offered earlier that Aurora's answer was a cheetah. She's confident that she could beat a cheetah in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Make of that what you will. Uh, but the other one that I wanted to share with you is a word that you might see on your bulletin, and that is the word jambled. Uh, jambled is a word that our group used to kind of capture a lot of different experiences, and you'll get a fuller sense of what it means as you hear the stories today. Uh, but being jambled is something that sort of feels like all of your references for what you know, what's familiar, are taken away when you're in an unfamiliar place. And your brain and your senses and everything are jambled. And it's only when you're in a group of people like the group that we had in Puerto Rico that you're able to get through that experience. And I think now I'll just let them tell their stories. So now I'm gonna invite Jazz to come up and get us started. Hello, my name is Jazz, like me said. So when I first arrived in Puerto Rico, the first thing that jambled me were the living conditions at La Casona de Monte Flores. I entered the house with a red winter Columbia jacket and was surprised with how hot it was. There's no air conditioner, I thought. I was confused about how we could stay in a place as hot as San Juan with no AC. It was a basic necessity, defeated from the long travel day and what I thought to be subpar living conditions. I went upstairs to my room, took my coat off, and went to bed. When I woke up the next morning, I was ready to wash the previous day away with a nice, warm shower. Instead, cold water spurted out of the shower head, jolting my body awake. I thought I was being picky about the AC, but surely warm water was a fair expectation for me to have for the week. All of my expectations of what my stay in Puerto Rico would be like were shattered. 
It wouldn't be until later that I would begin to understand and appreciate the differences at La Casona de Monte Flores and my Madison apartment. Later in the day, I remember sitting in the living room and just being surprised about how, how cool it was. The open concept of the house, large windows and screen doors, all allowed for excellent airflow. I also noticed how at night I slept much better at La Casona de Monte Flores than I did in Madison. And it was because of the warm, humid air that wouldn't have been possible if there was an AC in the window blowing like that harsh, cold, dry air in. And later in the week, once we started working, I also began to appreciate the cold showers La Casona de Monte Flores offered. Because after like a long day in the sun, doing some physical labor, it wasn't a warm shower I was looking forward to, but a cold one to cool me off. I began to see how my preconceived American expectations just didn't make sense in Puerto Rico. A lot of times, we try to find familiarity when we are in places that feel different. But most times, there's a reason for these differences, and the best thing to do is respect them for what they are, which is what I learned at La Casona de Monteflores. Hello, everyone. My name's Sam. I'm a senior here. Uh, so I originally wrote that I was going to say that I'm not much of a seasoned traveler. I think that doesn't give me enough credit. I have traveled places. However, the important thing is a lot of the places I have traveled are in the Midwest and, you know, on the East Coast of the United States. I have not traveled to a lot of warm places down south, um, specifically tropical places. Hadn't left the continent before we went to Puerto Rico. Um, I also hadn't been to the ocean since I was like three, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, one thing that I encountered when I was down in Puerto Rico was I was a little uncomfortable for the first day or so. Um, and part of that came from there were some conditions in our neighborhood that I was not used to seeing in my own neighborhood. I come from suburban Wisconsin. It's about 20 minutes that way. All of suburban Wisconsin is 20 minutes that way. Um, but things I ran into, uh, particularly the two big things that kind of set me on edge were there was a lot of litter in our neighborhood and there were also a lot of gutted and abandoned buildings. I, I don't want to say a lot, but like every now and then you'd walk past a house and it was clear that no one was living in it and it was a bit in shambles. For the first day or so, I kind of, I don't want to describe it as on edge, but it was walking on the street was, I felt very vulnerable, um, especially walking around in shorts and sandals. Something about my legs were just uncomfortable. Um, for the first day or so that I was there. I brought that up to my group later that night, and we kind of discussed, you know, why might that be? Why wasn't I used to these things? And how do we see these things and not look down at all of Puerto Rico just because there's a lot of litter in the neighborhood? Part of one thing that I felt really important was somebody offered the thought, I was saying that I tried, was trying to 
rectify all of these things? How do I rectify that this is, you know, a good place or a place... Um, I, I don't want to say a good place. It is a good place. Um, but trash shouldn't be an indicator of whether a place is good or bad. But I was trying to kind of make it all make sense in my head. And somebody offered the thought, why do you need it to? Why do we have to, you know, kind of rectify all these thoughts about the trash or, you know, the stray animals and things like that? Just start with being there. And so I worked on that, and later throughout the week, another important detail came into play that helped me ease up, and that was the people. Um, when I got back from Puerto Rico, I read an old text that I had been messaging a friend before we went, and one of the things he said to me was, the good thing about San Juan is the people are super, super, super friendly. He used three supers and said, and the food is very good. So at least you will feel welcome and so fed the entire week. And he was incredibly correct. Not everybody spoke perfect English, but everybody tried to meet you on your language. Everybody was willing to show me where things were. People were willing to let me turn left. In, like oncoming traffic, someone would stop and just let me turn left. That was not something I had experienced here. Um, and I think that was kind of, I mean, sure, there were, I got used to our neighborhood, and I adjusted to all the kind of new things like the ocean, which the reason I brought up not going to the ocean is I did not know that the ocean was as salty as it was. Like, I thought it was going to be a little salty. It, like, burned my eyes, and I was unprepared for that. Um, but other than the nice places and the nice rainforest and the good restaurants, what helped me be most comfortable in Puerto Rico was the people we met there. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Laura, and I'm a freshman. Um, so on the last day of the Puerto Rico trip, I wasn't ready to leave feeling like I had more questions than when I came in. Before this trip, I thought I had a pretty clear idea of what Puerto, would be, Puerto Rico would be like. And I thought it'd be just different. Um, the, for one thing, the language would be different. The architecture was certainly different. And I thought I wouldn't be able to relate to the people because I've never experienced some of the things that they have experienced. I mean, I grew up in Minnesota and I've never had a hurricane ever in my life. Um, but when I got there, I realized that it was the exact opposite of what I had previously thought. For those who may not know, I'm a pre-med student. This means that even though I just finished my first semester, I'm already mapping out the rest of my life to uh, figure out how I'm gonna fit everything in, but um, I, if I were to tell you about my expectations prior to this trip, I would say that I never thought that meeting other pre-med students would happen in Puerto Rico. Um, it just, I thought, I'm going to work on a house. Why, you know, I, why would I meet anyone who's in the healthcare field? Um, and so one day when we arrived at the work site, 
the topic of healthcare and medical school came up. And that was when I found out that two of the volunteer coordinators that we were working with, um, Julio and Jason, both had plans to go to med school because of the state of the healthcare system in Puerto Rico. And at that moment, I felt very shocked at myself that not once on this trip did I ever think about the healthcare system or about anything related to that field, even though that's the career that I want to go into. I knew nothing about it. So even in our two-minute conversation, I learned so many things. Um, but this wasn't the most important thing that I learned. At first, I didn't quite realize why I was so surprised that there would be pre-med students in Puerto Rico. I mean, it would make sense that there's doctors there, right? Um, but for some reason, my brain never made that connection. Then I realized it was because I was busy looking out for things that would be different. Coming into Puerto Rico, I was listening and learning through a lens that was focused on differences. But after this conversation, my perspective shifted to see similarities as well. During one of our devotionals on the trip, we talked about justice and feeling like sometimes we don't have the power to make things better for a number of reasons. For me, one of the things I felt preventing me from having the power to change things was the fact that I had never experienced a different culture, uh, or that I, I have experienced a different culture than the culture in Puerto Rico. This made me feel like my help could be harmful because I don't fully understand the situation or where other people are coming from. But when I shifted my focus to seeing the similarities, I began to believe that so many of the problems there could just be solved by collaborating with the people there and offering whatever help that I can offer. This, tri tri this trip taught me that I do have the power to change things, and I hope this lesson can inspire, inspire others to realize their potential to have an impact on their community. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren. I'm a sophomore. Um, so I've taken Spanish classes in school for seven years, but the first time I had to translate for our group in Puerto Rico, I looked a little bit like a deer in the headlights. In that moment, I learned very quickly that there's a big gap between learning something and living it. I had studied Spanish for so many years, but when I was fully immersed in it, applying what I learned in context proved to be very challenging. This isn't to say that it didn't get easier. As the week went on, I continued to feel more and more comfortable. Actually, some of the highlights were the, of the trip were my moments of understanding and listening. Being able to understand the language, even if it was in bits and pieces, helped me to feel like I was catching a glimpse of what life was like in Puerto Rico. For example, sitting in a church service that was completely in Spanish, I was so focused on trying to understand that my head was beginning to hurt, but those brief moments where things began to make sense just made me want to listen even more. The contrast between learning and living something was also prevalent in our group's understanding of the status of Puerto Rico. Before we left for our trip, we learned about Puerto Rico's status as a territory of the United States. But the implications of that were not clear until we had the opportunity to really listen to people that we met talk about what it means for them, from the way that they lack any deciding power in Congress to the delays in shipments of essential hurricane relief supplies because of the Jones Act, which requires shipments to Puerto Rico to be first brought to the mainland United States before they can be shipped to Puerto Rico. We weren't able to fully begin to conceptualize this until we had the opportunity to ask questions and, more importantly, to listen to what people had to say. I remember listening to Michelle, who was the, just the 
Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Coordinator for Puerto Rico, as she explained to us exactly what Puerto Rico means to her, feeling goosebumps creep across my arms as she said to me, to me, Puerto Rico will never be a territory. Puerto Rico is my country. Although many of us would consider ourselves to be educated, most of us will, fully, will never fully understand the consequences of the United States' modern-day colonization of Puerto Rico. By no means are myself or anyone else on the trip experts on Puerto Rico, but through living alongside and listening to people that live there, we were able to gain so many important insights into what life is like there. Our experience taught me that the most valuable thing that we can do to understand others is to ask them questions